recorded live from Portland, Oregon. It's the Transamorous Network Podcast. Let's get it on. Welcome, everybody. This is Perry Gruber from Transamorous Network, and I have two fabulous guests, one of whom I've known for a little bit of time, and the other who I just met not so long ago. The first person is Remy Ilmatar. Remy, welcome. Hello, hello. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Happy yeah. to be here. I'm glad you are here, and I'm glad you're happy. And then we have Shannon Scott, uh, who I met Saturday. Yeah. Right? Saturday the 20th, just to put a date on it, because this won't come out for some time, the 27th, was it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> awesome. The 27th. And so... Um, this is our first podcast episode, and this is an experiment, so it may never see the light of day. But uh, the context of our of the Transamorous Network podcast is to talk about all things related to um, the trans community, related to romance, and focused on the transamorous male, but including other uh, audiences. And so we, of course, we at the Transamorous Network, not necessarily Remy and Shannon, believe that we create our own reality, and that's the the major context with which these podcasts are going to be created. So let's, let's, as the introduction said, get it on. So I want to start sharing a story on how I met uh, Shannon because I think it, it illustrates the kind of things that happen all the time in our lives, these things that we consider to be coincidences but are actually responses to the focus that we put out into the world when we're trying to create something that we want or manifest something that we want or have something that we want. So I've been um, focusing on creating the Transamorous Network for about uh, five weeks or so. And in, in that process, I have, to be honest, been a little bit nervous about meeting um, affirmed women. I heard the yes. new term is affirmed women. We'll get back to that. Oh, Remy is shaking her head. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a little bit. But anyway, I was looking for, for more people who I could meet and interact with around the concepts and ideas in the man's guide to finding your trans i'm gonna have to change the freaking title of that guide now thanks to you shannon damn it or not or not <laughs> right on the, you do you you do you thank you thank you so the 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 when i was creating the the man's guide to finding your transgendered partner i was thinking well i need to find more uh transgender women out there to talk with about these concepts and a friend of mine her name is sophia had invited me to attend an event at her house. It was a birthday party and a celebration of her engagement. And I, to be honest, I really didn't want to go. But then uh, I decided that I was going to go because it just seemed like the right thing to do. So I went to her house, and there was this guy. I walked in the door, and it was as if this guy was greeting everybody. He was in a wheelchair, and you, 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 when you open the door, you almost hit his wheelchair. That's how close to the door he was. But he wasn't trying to greet people. He was just there. But when I walked in the door... I just felt this magnetic attraction to this guy. Not like he was attracted to me, but like, like Perry, you need to talk to this guy. And so there were two other people there, and they just kind of faded away. And I introduced my, myself to this guy, Jake. Jake, Jake. Jake I keep French, wanting to yes. say Jacob. Jake French, yes. Yeah. And we just had this fantastic conversation, and I, I kind of spilled my guts to him about what I was doing with, with Copiosis, my other entity, and then this Transamorous Network thing. And one thing led to another, and he started talking about his speaking business and uh, the motivational topics that he talks about being a, a person who's in a wheelchair. And we had a great conversation. And towards the end of the conversation, he said, you have to meet. You have to meet Shannon Scott. And 
I had honestly never heard of you, Shannon. And <gasps> I know, right? <laughs> and so it was it was a fantastic series of events that had me um, be drawn to, to Jake to, to basically spill my guts and then him to mention your name. And then another person who was there, Kathy Armelis, I think. Armelis, yes. Armelis, she had come out and just heard overheard Jake talking about you and she said, yeah, you, oh my God, Perry, you've got to meet Shannon. She'd be perfect for what you're doing. And then later in the, in the, uh, the party, um, uh, Sophia's fiance, Tim, Tim guard had mentioned the same thing. He said, oh my gosh, Shannon would be perfect for you to meet. And so one thing led to another and Jake connected us and here we are with you on the podcast. And I'm so grateful I am. Isn't I'm really happy cool? that they reached out to you and, and spoke up because, I mean, that's how we all find our success is through our relationships with other people. So. I totally agree. It's pretty awesome. And it's it's interesting because I did not, I really didn't want to go to that event. I mean, I wanted to support Sophia and all, but I just wasn't in the mood to go. I'm an introvert and sometimes I prefer to stay at home. But, but something told me I needed to go. And then when I saw Jake, it was like, wow, I'm really attracted to talking to this guy. What's up with that? So I, just, I followed my hunch. I followed my instinct and had this conversation, not knowing that this was going to happen, that I'd meet you and, and that we'd be sitting here across the table from each other doing this podcast. So it's just a great story, I think. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, Jake, and, Jake, and Jake does have an amazing personality, so he, his just energy is is so attractive just in and of itself but then when you meet the man you realize that he's been through so much and he's changed as a human being because of what happened to him i don't know if you heard his story about how he became oh yeah what's the what's, right the, what's the correct word how he found his way to a wheelchair let's That's just let's just say that way of saying it. yeah and it really changed him and who he was and his personality. And I found that very same thing happening to me when I went through my own transition. Of course, our transitions are very different, but we all change who we are and how we think, and we're constantly growing. And sometimes what can be perceived as a negative thing in your life could be one of the best things to ever happen to you. Fantastic. I think that's a really good point. And one of the things that resonates with me about what you said is the nature of everyone's going through some sort of transition. And um, some are harder than others, but everyone is going through a transition all the time and the the question in my mind and and feel free to disagree is 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 the transition a person going through deliberately led or is it happening in a um kind of willy-nilly i call it loose cannon i think in the man's guy in a, in a loose cannon sort of manner where you're not really focusing your intention on what it is you're trying to you're wanting to see in the transition instead you're kind of bumping bumping down the path from one side to another as you react to the things that are happening to you in your transitional path as opposed to consciously creating the things that are happening along the path that you're moving. I mean, for example, Shannon, I know you're, you're um, growing this public speaking business coming yes. out of the, the, uh, uh, the government, can I call it a government job? Yeah, okay. yeah coming, absolutely. Coming out of the government job that you're currently in and I, you strike me as someone who's very focused on what it is you're wanting to create with regard to that speaking business, right? Very much so. Yeah. And so rather than perhaps um, leaving it up to chance, some of the, the uh, outcomes that you're wanting to see, you're really focused on making those kind of things happen, but focusing in a, in a way that allows you to kind of move with the all the circumstances out there that are really kind of beyond your physical control right absolutely i mean my my main goal with my speaking business and with most of my life to be quite frank is that i just want to i use this phrase and it's 
it's a little crude and it's a little off the cuff, but I just want to make life suck less for people. Life can be really, <laughs> really hard. So my, my whole agenda with this business and with everything else I'm doing right now is just to increase the quality of life for people, to make, to make life easier. It doesn't need to be as hard as it is. Mm-hmm. We make it way too hard. And a lot of that just stems from, to be honest, ignorance. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about ignorance. What do you mean? I find that a lot of the time discrimination, especially with regard to the LGBTQ community, comes from people just not knowing. Mm-hmm. They, they might come into a situation and go, oh, she's trans, and then they make all of these assumptions right. that they don't have anything, any facts to base it on, and they don't, they, they've never met a trans person, or they think mm-hmm. they've never met a trans person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes they have and just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And so it's important just to get the word out that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what's portrayed on television or what's been told to you by others. There's a whole world of really amazing, decent, creative wonderful transgender people and they're just people just like you yeah i you know i love that idea that that it's it's coming from ignorance as opposed to some sort of malicious intent and and it it's really ironic how in my mind as a as a cis male who is i would say queer i guess i try not to own these kind of labels but i need to put that on the table so that people know where i'm coming from that that within our community there is so much um negative finger pointing at the other, mm-hmm. whether whether it's um, well, that goes into the whole not owning your shit and, and owning your part to the whole situation, right? And I see it all as I, I see it as both. I mean, I believe in a level of grand design, but I also believe that it's designed with a lot of openings that we make choices upon and change the outcome and change the direction and change the the road that we might get to that end result. You know, can change just on a choice that we make. And so then that goes into the whole creating your own, too, is I believe in the con- both. I believe in both, is that they go hand in hand. But I do believe that there is, it's not just willy-nilly. Right. That it actually has some level of grand design. Right. You know, that, that you might be bumping against it, but the universe is bringing opportunities and doors and windows and people to you. Now, wh- whether you acknowledge them, see them, recognize them, um, take them or not you know that that goes into the choice i love that so i agree completely with with what remy just said i've got on a personal level i've got this goal out there you know way down at the end of my path i've got this goal to make people's lives better but constantly opportunities are being presented to me that i had no idea were going to have i had no (laughs) idea i was going to meet jake french and then jake french was going to meet perry and then i was going to meet perry and then i'd be sitting in this room making a podcast, but what an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And that seems to be happening more and more in my life. Mm-hmm. And the more it happens, the more I can see why it's happening. It's the energy I'm putting out into the world. Thank yeah. you. It's, it, the more energy I put and the more confidence I have in myself, and to use your phrase, Remy, the more I own my shit, the more <laughs> good things happen. Mm-hmm. When I stand in front of people and go, I'm transgender, that in and of itself is a difficult thing to do, but it's brought me so much oh. happiness yeah so. and it's, it's so it's go ahead Remy. oh well, i was gonna say you know it, it, like the man's guy talks about you know it's it's that being able to acknowledge that when the steps are happening and being able to go oh yeah okay checkpoint and just keep moving on and just you know keep living and allowing those things to keep coming through and allowing those opportunities and people and and universe the grand design to bring those things to you and the more you are owning your shit and 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 recognizing the 
part you play, whether good or bad, in, in every situation, right, or what you conceive as been bad, will bring those things about faster and faster. Because, yeah, the momentum is just going fucking crazy I right love now. It. Yeah. And I love what you said, Remy, about how you perceive it as good or bad. Oftentimes we have what I consider to be a challenge come into our lives, and we look at this and go, oh, no, and X is going to ruin this. Yes. Instead of looking at it like that, look at it in a way like this is a great opportunity yes. for me to grow in this way, to learn this, to overcome this challenge, to become more powerful, and come out of this stronger. So it's, it's so much about attitude. And mm -hmm. so I love what you said yeah. about perception. I love what both of you guys are saying because it's, I believe it's absolutely true. And, and you're, you're both living proof of it, right? So if you're, when you acknowledge the things that are going right and focus on those things, more things start going right. If absolutely. you're focusing on the things that are, all the things that are going wrong in your world, of course you're going to see more things going wrong in your world. It's mm -hmm. no different than if you're thinking about buying a car. Let's say you're thinking about buying a particular make and model and you don't have that make and model right now. All of a sudden, you start seeing that make and model all over your environment, right? It's no different than that. But we, we tend to ignore those kind of events where we, we have a, a story. We create a story about something, whether it's buying a car or meeting a certain person or getting rid of something. And then when, when, the, when the grand or design... meeting a general... Uh, meeting, you know, a perfect example in my mind yeah. is our like first tea and stuff like that. The first time we met and and... How grand design helps play a part in it, okay? Because I was in that space where all men are scum, <laughs> and that's where I was at. Yeah. But the universe, you know, through grand design, brought you across my path, and with your story and and your story of changing stories, um, and I was able to, you know, acknowledge that moment, and and allow it to be a, 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 a not all men are scum. Yeah. kind of moment yeah. and just that right there began a huge change huge change mm. for me mm. you know and uh, it's just been going faster and faster ever since well yeah I've seen, so that that tea you and I had was such a watershed moment for both of us um, and it was it was so clear it was emotional for both of us and then and ever since that I mean from the, the and even the, the we, t we took it to another level when you edited the man's guide for me because at that point it was just things just really started taking off. And I've seen just in the short time, I don't remember when that first copy was, but in that short amount of time, your lot, your countenance, the way you present yourself has totally changed from my perspective. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome to see. Yeah. But yeah, but it's interesting because getting back to the men, all men are scum, so I'm not a trans person, obviously, but is it seems to me that that story is a very common story in in, I want to say the trans woman community, mm -hmm. but it, but it might be maybe it's broader than that. Am, am I am I accurate or is am I just seeing it narrowly? Well, I think it's accurate in that a lot of trans women, I would say almost all trans women suffer some kind of discrimination in one regard or another. Right. One of the big ways we're discriminated against is sexually. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, a transgendered woman or an affirmed woman will be seen as fetishized. Mm -hmm. That is... Got it. Got yeah. it. <laughs> and, and that's not fair. Yeah. Thank you, Gabriel. <laughs> exactly. And so right off the bat, you're challenged to be seen as a valuable human being. And that's, that's one of the many. And then there's, of course, discrimination in so many other ways, physical, mm -hmm. mental, emotional, in relationships. It, it's something that we suffer from because 
people are afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. They don't know how a relationship might be with you. They don't know how their friends are going to think about it or how their coworkers are going to think or what their family might think. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have to deal with those consequences. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes they'll just go, well, hands off. Or, or they'll make take or, on a behavior that is offending to the person who's receiving it. Absolutely. Or will keep it hidden right. or only, you know, in the dark of night. Right, and that's right. incredibly devaluing to people. Yeah, and so so the so here's where it starts getting sticky. So it it is it it's it's there's a lot of agreement behind the statement you just made. It's it's accurate. It is a very demeaning experience to be on the receiving end of that kind of behavior. But in the context of what we're talking about about the stories we tell ourselves, there are there are like there are probably thousands of different stories that the receiver yes. of that behavior could have about that behavior, right? That person could the receiver of that behavior could say, well, it could say what you just said. Well, that person's just is is uncomfortable with me. It has nothing to do with me. It's that person over there's experience, and that's why they're behaving the way they're behaving. I don't have to take that behavior personal. I don't have to make it demeaning about me. It's about him, and if there's anything demeaning, it's about him. He's demeaning himself by not acknowledging that he's attracted to people like me, for example. That's one story. Absolutely. Right. And not, Absolutely. not only can... <laughs> shouldn't you try to own that you can't truly own that in all regards not just speaking specifically to transgender related issues in all ways when somebody has a feeling about you or an emotion towards you or thoughts towards you that they're not yours they're not yours to own they're not yours to change they're not yours to control you accept their feelings you respect or not yeah well i should say you respect their feelings because they are their feelings and regardless of whether you agree disagree they are theirs yes so there's nothing you can do about it, and to try to own that is exhausting and impossible and mm-hmm. a waste of your time. So it's it. So I agree with everything you just said, Shannon. And yet there is this, this. I keep wanting to say a common belief. Uh, let me just, let's just say many people in the trans community hold the belief that men are scum, and so there's there's. Is it true that is it true that men are scum? Well, yes, but that's not the point. <laughs> Because I think it goes back into the, you know, the story you're telling about yourself first and where you are with that. And many, if not most, or a majority of trans individuals have come up from a situation that was secretive or un- unwelcomed mm-hmm. or, or like really, really uh, a hard battle to fight just to get to through those points where not all of us did, but many, most, you know, and, and through that process, you're, you know, you're, you're, there's some internalization of what society has said about trans and about you and specifically, and you know what I mean? And so there's that getting through that and past that. I love that. And, you know, and sometimes you have to be at the bottom of it, receiving all of it before you can get yourself through the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And then, but then there's also the ones that stay there and never look at it any different and do the victimization thing. And it's always going to be... God, oh, why me? As opposed to, all right, what what part did I play? I'm the common denominator. How how can situations start to change? Exactly, we are our own common denominator. And to bring this back into the idea of creating your own reality, I I held held that opinion for a long time. That I I thought of men as being disrespectful, overly sexual, like really 
focused on one thing and one thing only. But there's a reason that I had that opinion. It's because I chose to spend my time with those type of men and in those type of situations. And the reason I was making that, at the time, bad decision was because I didn't really believe that I was worth spending time with other people. So mm -hmm. I had to find my own worth, right. my own self-esteem, mm -hmm. my own value. And then I started choosing to spend time with positive people, with respectful people, with people that valued me also. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything. So mm -hmm. we really do create our own reality and it starts from within. So, so right. amen. <laughs> I, I, I'm there with you. So, so oftentimes when people, when gurus are talking about this idea of you create your own reality, they say things like you just said which is true but but they don't go they don't go to the next level which could really help people out which is how did you do that how did you actually go about <laughs> that sounds familiar yeah. how did you actually <laughs> what i told you exactly it is <laughs> how did you actually go from from hanging out or me, or 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 uh, looking for guys that matched the thought you had about yourself to changing the story and then changing your behavior so that your behavior was having you meet people that was consistent with your new story. How did you do that? The very first thing I had to do was admit to myself that this was on me. I had to take responsibility for my situation, which was hard to do. I looked around and said, society is discriminating against me. They want to fire me at my job because of who I am. Poor me, poor me, poor me. And while, yes, those things were all happening, I was choosing to look at those in a certain light. A negative light. How right? did you change that? I, I, I know I, I'm going to get I, into a lot of detail because this would be really helpful to the listener. Well, once I realized that it was my responsibility to create my own happiness, I said, you have to step out of these situations. Did someone else get that started for you or did you did you bring that from within you? What the... Like, were you seeing a counselor? I was. I actually was seeing okay. several counselors. In the beginning, I was actually seeing counselors to quote-unquote, I'm air-quoting right now for okay. those of you who can't see me, <laughs> to fix myself. Okay. I didn't want to transition. I didn't want to deal with this. I thought, just like everybody had told me, that this was a problem with me that needed fixing. Mm. And I wasn't broken. I was beautiful. Mm. And I still am. And I, I've... So I initially went and said, let's fix this, let's fix this. And then every one of them said, yeah, let's fix this. Because I was in Montana seeing conservative-minded counselors. And they said, yeah, yeah, let's, let's turn you back to, this, to the straight side. Or the, <laughs> so sorry. Or the cis side, or whatever you want to call it. And I said, okay. And then every time we failed, I went to one after another. And they said, this is just who you are. This is just who you are. So that, hearing over and over and over again, brought me to a place where I'm like, okay, I've got to confront this. I got to do this. I can't avoid this any longer. Long story short, that was really hard. It took me years. It took you. me years yeah. to find who I was, then to believe that I was valuable, and then to start acting off like that. And now, I am. I guess you, if you'd like specifics. Yeah, like like so so. I presume at some point when you were with the old story, you were going to certain kind of places. Absolutely. What were the places that you were? Going I was to? at the time. I was seeing. I was very much underground. I was very much back alley, dark rooms, Great. dingy bars, mm -hmm. just trying to find somebody out there who would look at me, see me as attractive, because I found that very, very much as a valuing thing. I was like, okay, you like me, good. Then I like me too. Got it. 
So I was looking too much to other people, and that was a really, really dangerous way to live. And eventually, I was exposed to HIV. And I don't know how it happened, but I didn't contract the virus. So my doctor basically said, you've got to change your life. And I knew that if I didn't, I was going to die. So I did. I made changes. I changed my behavior. I changed what I was doing with my life. And I started taking that energy that I was devoting to those activities to really growing and changing. I joined a 12-step program. And I found the strength to become who I was and to face the truth of my situation. Mm -hmm. And step by step by step, one thing at a time, from beginning hormones to admitting it to my partner at the time, to admitting it to myself, mm -hmm. I was able to become who I am today. And that's, that's something we all do Absolutely. in our growth. So what about you, Lenny? So the, this aspect of, of the, you were talking about after RT, mm -hmm. and now all these things are happening so rapidly. What, what's pr what practical steps in, in answering the how did you take to make this shift happen for yourself? Um, well, you know, I mean, just the, the first acknowledgement of, of, well, maybe not all men are STEM, just opened up a door that I was allowed, you know, that I was able to start following. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't say the momentum picked up and, and the real changes start happened until after being asked to edit The Man's Guide. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to just edit a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I didn't, I didn't think I was going to read it as a trans woman's guide to finding her man. Like, I, I didn't expect that. And it just happened as I was reading it and found it life-altering personally and and was amazed that there were um some given steps on how to get get there you know what i mean or how to at least acknowledge and keep that keep that going um you know i, I you know i had further questions and needed some other uh explanations mm -hmm. um you know when it falls down and and you know things fall apart again how do you keep it going again how mm -hmm. do you not fall back into that you know, negative thought processes, which then of course start bringing you down that negative that negative rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And how do you keep it going in a positive way? And when something negative happens, how can you bounce it back into a positive and, and keep that idea going? Um, you know, as well as how can you be that way all the time? I just still don't understand that. Right. <laughs> so but I'm working are, on it. I'm yeah, working on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And these are the things we're going to be talking about on this podcast because that's that's where the nitty gritty occurs. Because it's easy for someone to say, well, just change your thoughts or just change your behaviors or um, think more positively, but nobody talks about how. Yeah. How do you actually think more positive? How do you actually change change your thoughts? How do you keep changing your thoughts when your thoughts are fighting you? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're going down that negative rabbit hole and you're 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 not wanting to go there, but the momentum is just pulling you down there. How do you reverse that? That's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast yeah. to, to help people actually make the trend. I almost said the transition. <laughs> Actually make the transformation of oneself from someone who life is happening to to someone who is making life happen like you guys are doing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, just my two cents about that, as far as how do you make that, <clears throat> that change in your viewpoint, your thoughts, 
It's practicing your exercise of choice. You have to realize that you control what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. It's really our one true power is our choice. So when a you know something you might perceive as a negative situation comes along, you can choose how to perceive that situation. Mm -hmm. You can say, this is going to cost me X amount of money. This is going to affect me this way negatively. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. you can look at the other side of it and go, wow, this is a really great opportunity for me to look at how I'm budgeting or grow grow in a way that will prevent this from happening again. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a great learning experience. That sucked, but it won't happen again because I'm choosing to grow from it. Yeah, so that that's that's perception. certain that yeah, perception, perception is really important for sure. There's also there's a process that occurs in the path of going from um, your old way of doing things that you're wanting to change to the to the new way of doing things where the old things don't show up. And it, we talk about it in the man's guide as the pre, um, uh, mid, and then the post experience or acknowledgement. And so, you know, you're you're when you first start out, you're bound to fail. You're you're because the momentum of your old thoughts, the ones you're trying to change, are just too great. And so, when you make a commitment like the one you just you just said, Shannon, it's very difficult to stop the momentum. And when I use momentum, I'm talking about physics here. When mm -hmm. anything that's moving forward has a momentum. And thoughts are the same way. And so if you think, if you, thoughts are, and stories are the same thing. So if you're telling yourself a story um, that you're trying to change, but you've been telling that story for a very long time, there's, there's momentum, there's force behind that story because you've said it so many times. And so you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this other story now and expect the old story to just stop. It's not going to. It's, it's got momentum. And so you have to figure out a way to soothe the momentum as you're creating new momentum with a new thought and the, the process looks like the first couple of times you fail at it that's the, then after that you realize that you're failing at it and then so that's called um, post manifestational awareness so you've you failed at it but now you know that you failed at it so you you are aware after the failing and what you're trying to move to is pre-manifestational awareness which is recognizing that you're about to go in the direction of your old stories and stopping yourself before you do. And we talk about this, how to do this in the man's guide, and it's connected to your thoughts and, and connected to your emotions. But we'll talk in more detail about that in the podcast later. Um, I want to get back to, to talking more about you, our, our personal lives and, and where we come from. So you talked about coming from um, Montana, Shannon, and yeah. you had a great story about um, how you first came. We're, we're broadcasting from Portland. I probably should have said that. <laughs> We'll say that in the future. Um, uh, you talked about how what your experience was first coming to Portland. You want to tell that story? Oh, that was one of those pinnacle moments in my life where I knew things were about to change. And just to give you a little bit of backstory, I came from Montana. I lived outside of a small town of Montana with cowboys. I mean, literally riding horses, branding cattle, and fixing fence were daily occurrences growing up in Montana. So please understand that Portland in and of itself was a different world completely. I was in my mid-20s, and I knew at this point in my life that I needed to get out of Montana because I needed to be in a safe place to transition. So I started traveling. I went 
all over the West Coast. I went to, first of all, San Francisco because, hey, it's San Francisco. Of course, that's where everybody in the LGBT community wants to end up. So I went there for a couple. <laughs> I went there for a couple months and found out that it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. <laughs> so then I'm I, from the Bay. So. Oh, that's right. You are. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> so then I went to Seattle. And I said, "This is great," but the traffic in Seattle is terrible. So I said, "Well, I'll keep looking." And work took me to Portland, and I drove from Montana to Portland. And as I pulled up to the Hotel Vintage in downtown Portland in a big GMC pickup that I drove from Montana. And I want to try to give you a visual of myself. I was in that point of transition, that terribly awkward place where people look at you and go, wait a minute, (laughs) what's going on here? And you look at yourself and go, this is not where I want to be. But that's something you have to go through. And that's a really difficult place where... I was... Awkward teenage years. Oh, my God. Exactly. (laughs) So incredibly awkward. I get out of this pickup truck wearing what I'm sure must have been Wrangler jeans and some kind of clunky women's heel with what was probably a five o'clock shadow and I'm sure some kind of women's sweater on. And the gentleman that opens my door as I pull up to the hotel opens the door. Good evening, miss. Welcome to Portland. And I walk into the hotel lobby, and I had a reservation under my old name, and not once did they call me by my old name. And they said, welcome to Hotel Vintage. How would you like us to call you, Wine? Or what what name would you like us to use? And I gave them Shannon, and they said, absolutely. Everybody called me Shannon the entire time. They asked me what pronouns I wanted. They were ahead of their time. They were way ahead of their time. So they referred to me as the name I chose, the pronouns I chose, and I thought, this is a wonderful place. And I knew I had to live. I knew I needed to be in a place where love was this strong. Yeah. And every day I see it. Every day I yeah. see how open it is here and how loving this city is. It's Especially beautiful. compared to Montana. But, oh, my God. But, yeah. but, for real, but Portland is pretty freaking progressive in this regard, right? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love how people can just be themselves here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can see a 350-pound man who identifies as a man with a beard, wearing a pink tutu, walking down the street, and... With no, glitter boots on. With, with glitter. And, and people don't even give it a second look. I just like, yeah, do yeah. you. Yeah. Do you. I love that about Portland. So I knew I needed to be here. Right it took on. me two years, and I finally got here. Right and Remy, how'd you get here? Oh, <clears throat> different. Um, so I'm from Oakland, California originally. So I'm from the Bay Area. Um, and actually, I got here because I was found myself in a really bad relationship that turned very negative. This was um, before I considered transition at all. I... Uh, was living as a gay man and had since I was 13 and never actually had questioned my uh, gender identity until, I mean, since I was like very young, but realized that that's where I was and who I was. Um, So I moved up north to get away from the situation that I was in and um, was very, got very involved in my spiritual community here, which is a very uh, woman identified and centric community it's goddess worshiping uh, community and um, was able to live in that uh, somewhere in between that two-spirit space and and being honored and recognized and welcomed as that like they saw the goddess in me without me having to project it or act that way or 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 be that in any in any way 
have, you know, it was immediately brought into the community. And uh, about two years ago, I was in a ritual uh, in the community. It was a very large one. It was a journey to the self through the chakra systems. And I was playing one of the chakras. I ended up playing the power chakra, the number three chakra. And um, through that year, I went through complete powerlessness to utter dictatorial uh, oppression mm -hmm. and everything in between. And through that process and through that journey, um, realized that my next step, my next evolutionary step was transition. And that's where that has been. And that's where I'm at. And so yeah so it's interesting that the the nature now here's here's why i need shannon to be the police the the, the uh, pc police because i may say a lot of things incorrectly here so i will say things incorrectly okay so, just gonna say that you make me feel right at home <laughs> so so the the nature the experience that you just shared indicates to me maybe incorrectly that you did not feel that you were a woman born in a man's body. No, I did not. Right. And I do not. Yeah. And you you told me when you when you told me this story some time ago, it was actually at the Starbucks. You talked about how um, it was more of a, a spiritual, if I may use this word, a spiritual choice. You were being guided by spirit, I think. Is, um, is, in a way. Help, help me understand. In a yeah, way. Help clarify. Um, I think through my spiritual journey, I was able to realize that this was the right choice the right mm -hmm. i mean i i don't know that choice is the right I know, word i know because i look i acknowledge the more concept of like what india looks at having a third gender that mm -hmm. there is something else other than just man and woman right. and that i'm not a woman in a man's body that's not i am proud of the body i was given and i don't have any major plans for lopping anything off or inverting anything so you know but that's just my personal journey, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so. I think this is a really great time to bring up how different all of our journeys yes. can yes. be. Yes. Because exactly. I'm sitting here listening to Remy going, that's not at all how I felt. I, I know. Felt I felt so different. I always knew. Now, I didn't know that I was transgendered. I will say that because I didn't even know transgendered was a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it existed until I was in my teens. But I always knew I was different. I always knew I didn't fit in with the guys. And I always knew I felt so much more at home hanging out with the girls. And I always knew that I was soft and sensitive. And, you know, well, what was often perceived as the weaker one of the of the group that I hung out with. And so I, I suffered a lot of, like, picking on, things like that. I'm like, why are you guys such a-holes? <laughs> but, but I did go through that. I got through the teasing for being soft and feminine and, and being... You know, what I always looked at was a sissy gay boy. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, that's who I thought, you know, I mean, and that's who I was. That is who I was up until two years ago. So you said something that really was interesting to me that you never, in your early days, you didn't feel like you were a woman trapped in a man's body. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that coming to light for you. Well, I, I do remember, well, I do remember feeling different. I was always the different boy. I wasn't like the other boys. I did hang out with the girls and, and, and related to them better. Um, but, you know, as growing up, I was able to look at that and be like, well, it's the feminine side of me and, mm -hmm. and I am a gay man. And, and this is, that's where that comes from. I do remember being young, you know, second, third grade and saying, okay, I like boys. Girls like boys. Am I supposed to be a girl? I don't think so. Mm. And that's kind of where that always was. And I remember, you know, checking in with myself through that process. But 
by the time I was 13, um, I, I, I just kind of knew that I was gay and I liked men and that was, that's what I was. I was a man and I was comfortable being a man and, um, I was, you know, I did my eyebrows though and, and you know what I mean? I was cute. I was, I was a pretty boy and I couldn't help that. Mm -hmm. That's just who I was. I, I love that because it mirrors, not mirrors, it, it's similar to my process. So when I when I was young, I was attracted to, to girls, just like straight men, I guess I would say. And but but there was a there was a time I remember in my life where I was trying on my mom's clothes and um, my mom caught me and told me not to do it again, but I kept on doing it. And then I I, I kind of grew out of that phase. It, it, it wasn't, I, I actually considered, like you did, am I supposed to be a girl? But, but the, ex, the experience led me to know. Mm -hmm. And so, but there was, there was this strong aspect of me that was feminine. Mm -hmm. And though I don't, I don't consider myself gay, that femininity comes out. I mean, even my, my wife calls me gay sometimes because of it. And when I was in the Marine Corps, I off, not, not often, but frequently, um, was called fag and and uh, faggot and things like that, mostly because of the clothes I chose to wear, which objectively what? looking at it was the kind of clothes that a gay man would wear. You know, fashionable, just, yeah, fas matching, fashionable, sized correctly. Heaven fucking forbid. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so. <laughs> But as I as I grew older, I realized the value of this component of me that is feminine, and it didn't mean that I was gay. It just meant that I was broad, broader than mm -hmm. than the typical. Um, I would more say well balanced. Is or how more I well, yes, at it. yes, Remy. Yeah, and and I think that it's important that we that I say to our listeners right now that instead of you know using the word feminine qualities, we just they're just qualities. You know, yeah. being sensitive. Is yes, stereotypically a feminine quality, but you can be one hundred percent man and be sensitive. Thank you. Absolutely. 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 But I think we're using terms that the listeners can understand and relate to. Although some, some, I know, I know, having uh, so Transamers Network has a uh, Tumblr page, and I know that there are a lot of LGBTQ people who are. Um, they're angry feminists, and and some of some of the words that you and I are using, Remy, um, would be triggering for those people. And so I'm I'm thankful that you're saying, Shannon, what you're saying, because you're right. Me using the word feminine to describe sensitivity, I know for a fact would trigger some of the people I follow on Tumblr, because they're what's it called? Is it uh, what's it? it's not transmisogyny? What is it? It's um, when you when you when you do what I did, when you when you call a, a a quality like sensitivity feminine, which by definition by calling it feminine means it's not masculine. Yeah. Whatever that, whatever that that is doing, whatever that be, that use of. There's a term for there it, is and, a term. and I'm gonna butcher it, but it's something like transmisogyny hyperfeminism or something like something like that. I, See, that's wrong. That's so shit I'm talking. Go ahead, about. bring it up, Remy. Bring words for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna be upset about something. <laughs> right. God, I know. get I know. over it, Dianic women. <laughs> I love you, but come on. Jeez, bloody hell. I'm sorry. Yeah, and so, so anyway, so so my experience 
is interesting in, in the LGBTQ community is it, it aligns somewhat with what Remy is describing her experience as, is that I see myself as standing squarely in the middle, where I do possess these characteristics that are um, not in the mainstream ascribed to a man, let me put it that way. And yet I value them so greatly for what they are and because of that, because it sets me apart. And today I find myself proud of what I am, um, which goes far beyond what I'm describing, what I am. And so um, I get what Remy's saying. And, and there, there was a, there was a, there's a post by um, the woman who, the trans woman, the woman who created her story. Are you guys familiar with that film, her story, mm -hmm. the series? Beautiful series. Um, her, her Twitter name is Smartass Jen, but I can't remember her, her full, her, her actual name. But she wrote this blog post, and in this blog post, she describes all of the different types of people that she's met in the trans community. And this post is probably, if you printed it out, it would be like three feet long. And it just talks about all the, as, as many combinations of characteristics that you could think of mm -hmm. in a human being, she's met that kind of person. And all here in Portland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like she's, she's met, she's met trans women who don't want to lose, give up their penis, trans women who are going with the full, the full SRS. She's met trans women who are addicted to crack, trans women who are not. She's. She's met trans women who are in the sex industry and love being there, and trans women who are in the sex industry and don't like being Every permutation of that community, she has met, she says. And so it just, for me, it just validates the... the so far, sorry. Those she's met so far, because correct. if the list is that long already, that just means with each trans person you meet, you're going to find a new piece to that story. That's exactly right, and, the, and that doesn't end i think no. it's it's constant constant expansion is what i want to say i want to say growth but it's not growth it's just constant expansion of the ways that human beings express themselves and i think that's freaking can i say i think that's fucking beautiful <laughs> good job good job oh, absolutely and i think it's this is a really great time to bring up the point that we as humans want to put people in a neat yes. little box and that if you can work on that as a person stop doing that and just come upon every person you meet as an individual and say you know what you don't need to be in the trans woman box or the trans men box or the cis man box or the cis woman box there are no boxes and the more you can let go of that the more you will find yourself truly truly connecting with people and that is beautiful yeah that is beautiful get rid of the boxes get rid of the boxes <laughs> and with that we'll uh let's conclude this episode i think this was Fucking okay. fantastic. <laughs> Thank you both for being with me, uh, Thank Shannon. You. Thank you. Um, and Remy, and I would love to have you both on again. If, Absolutely. Again. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. This has been an episode of the Transamorous Network Podcast. Thanks for listening. Wasn't it great? been listening to the Transamorous Network Podcast. Transamorous Network Podcast is a broadcast property of the Transamorous Network. Find us online at transamorousnetwork.com, transamorousnetwork.tumblr.com, and on YouTube, Transamorous Network.
Thanks for listening.